Good afternoon. This is Talking Trade Live with On The Tools. My name's Andy Stevens. I'm going to be your host for the next half hour, 40 minutes. Uh, this week's topic, I think it's going to be quite a lively one. We're talking about trade bodies. The good, the bad, the ugly. Do you get your money's worth? And really, what changes would us trades like to see? Uh, two great guests that are going to well, I haven't got the mute button, so it's going to be definitely lively. We've got John, who heads up Sirtas, and Daniel, who heads up a company over in, um, not far from me, over in Heathrow, uh, sort of waste management building company. So two great guys to talk. Welcome to you both. Now, firstly, let's hope we've got um, trades watching this because it's, what, 27, 28. So we know that most of them, especially the brickies, are going to be in the pub. Um, so hopefully we've got a few watching, but let's um, let's plow straight into this. John, a lot of us trades, Daniel's going to agree with this, I'm sure. A lot of us are wondering, is this money that we spend that can be from a few hundred up to thousands, do we get our money's worth with the various trade bodies at the moment? Um, I think that all depends on what the, the who the trade body is, um, not naming. The general rule of thumb, it's, I think us trades are getting a bit hacked off because you know, some of them, Checker Trade, have been bought out by HomeServe a couple of years ago. There's a lot of people have left. Um, FMB members have dropped over the years quite significantly. A lot of new ones starting up, Find a Builder and Rate My Trade and all this. Yeah. What, is there a really – should we just not get together and create one damn good one? <laughs> I, I, I think it's the specialist trade bodies generally it depends on their connection to government, isn't it? As in why, you know, like, like with Daniel, why are you a member of any trade body? Often it's – compliance to be able to do a job uh, to, or to gain access to site to prove that you can do it. It's also the ability to actually feed information to government, as in trade bodies should be very clear on what they're set up for. Uh, a couple of the ones you mentioned there aren't really trade bodies. They're more marketing agencies, in my view, they're, as in their, their design is to promote you and help your sales, whereas a traditional trade body is more about making sure you have all the info you need to do your job so you can concentrate on doing it easily. And then it's do I get enough value out of that? Daniel, do we as trades get enough value? I think I know what you're going to say, mate. But uh, what is your gut and your honest opinion on this? Don't hold back because it's uh, it's not great in my eyes. I'll say um, I have to take it back a bit to explain our experience with, um, with trade bodies. Um, having a build firm and also uh, running HGV vehicles, etc., you have... Trade bodies, like you said, FMB, Gilder Master Craftsman, Construction Line, etc., NIC, Gas Safe, and then we have fours and stuff like that with the lorries. Now, um, initially when we started out, um, I just wanted to be a member of everything because I thought if I'm a member of everything, you know, I see a Pimlico Plumbers um, van driving around with the Queen's emblem on the side. Like, he definitely knows what he's doing because he's got that emblem. And you know, when I when I put out a quotation. I want to stick something on my headed paper, you know, FMB, Gilded Master Craftsman, it means I know what I'm doing. But um, my experience with with those two trade bodies in build was uh, I, I kind of got a phone call once a year at renewal time. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't feel like all, all I got for my money was the ability to say I was a member at that time. But moving on um we've done projects um with uh pension funds and large-scale developers and we were actually told we had to become a member of some of them like construction line can and um consider and the considerate scheme as well and i found those very different you know um the paperwork they wanted in place it wasn't easy you know they had me making method statements to do what i thought were the simplest of tasks like why am i writing up how to use a grinder 
I know how to use a grinder. Why do, who is really going to read this? However, when I actually put it all together, the packages for submission, and I began to read it, I started to think to myself, have I gone on site and checked all those ladders? Have I, have I checked it? Have I checked all these tools? And it actually refreshed me and reminded me about some of the policies that the firm actually need to have in place. So in that way, I think some of the trade bodies, I have had a good experience with them, but others, as you said, uh, were kind of like just marketing tools. Yeah. John, yeah. do you feel we need to almost come together and create just one or two? One is a leads based, um, as you said earlier, marketing, promote your brand, get leads. Um, and then one more sort of um, standards government policy based because there's, there's a lot out there. And Daniel and me starting out years ago, it, I was the same. You just get every badge you can, bung it on your van, your headed paper and your business yeah. cards. But do we really know what we get? I think there's too many. Do you? Uh, well, I'd agree with you. There is a proliferation of badges, as in there are a lot of them. Um, it's some of what Daniel was saying is like considerate contractor, etc., more commercial-based schemes for for building sites. Um, for the for the standard uh, tradesman who works in RMI and in the home, uh, you, you're looking at competent person schemes, for instance. As in, I chair the competent person forum. There's 19 competent person schemes. Certas is one of them. You mentioned NIC. Uh, Gas Safer is in there too. As in, the, these are bodies that enable you to register your work with building control, which which is part of um, legislation. So they have a use there, and then it's depending on whatever else they add in. Um, we put a trade association on the side because we thought the real job of a trade body is not just to help you do your job, but also to when government do advice and say, you know, here's our latest remit, we actually interpret it and tell you what it means to you, what you can pay attention to, what you can ignore. Um, the pricing you mentioned earlier, yeah, as in there's wild differences and it's all a value thing. I, I think it comes down to do you need it um, first off and, th and then uh, what's the – is it worth it? Um, I'd say with the competent person schemes it is. Um, with some of the others that are more marketing agencies, it really comes down to does it get your brand out there and does it get you promotion you wouldn't get otherwise? Because if it does, then yes, it doesn't, maybe not. I think it would be handy, uh, as you said, um, some of the other schemes are more linked to working on commercial sites, but your end user, like your residential client, when they go on check a trade or whatever like that, it, how are they meant to differentiate between something which is government backed and something which is a marketing tool? Like, is, is it clear to them what the difference is to your end? Yes, on a large commercial site, but somebody looking for, let's say a loft conversion, yep. if they go on to the FMB, and then they look on construction line. They, like, how do they? How would they differentiate between the two? Um, well, I can't ask, answer you on F and B because I actually don't know the way their site works. Checker Trade, I've had recent conversations with because it's actually something they've picked up that they don't. They don't know if someone is is competent to do the job, and so we're helping connect them into the competency schemes to make sure that happens. So that is actually some a work in progress there. Um, it, schemes that do competency compliance often don't have a lot of money, so can't go out there and give you get you your clients. They just make sure your job's done right and, and give you that sign off. Um, I, I I take your point entirely. As in, if you if you look at construction, I'd say there's four main areas. You've got commercial sites that you're talking about where you need things like CSCS cards, um, considerate contractor scheme, construction line, etc. You've got the homeless housing associations where it depends what the local authority says. 
the home building sites. Um, I think you do some stuff with, say, NHBC, which do the warranties on a lot yeah. of that, the Home Builders Federation. In the, and then you've got RMI, which is the homes, and there's 29 million homes in the UK. Um, where do you go? And I think it really is sector specific. And trying to work out what that all means it is pretty difficult to a fitter coming into the industry. Um, government do have all this on their websites, but trying to find it easily, as in, did you know, for instance, say, CERTAS, NIC, um, uh, Ofttech and all that are competent person schemes? Does that mean anything to you? Uh, you, you know, so are you actually going to search that on online and go competent person scheme? Well, I think the whole thing with this, John, it's, it's I'm, you know, we're, Daniel and I have obviously been doing our side, the sort of trade side for, for a number of years. I'm in my mid 40s. I'm still finding this a bit of a headache. Which way to turn? Who does what? Who's got what responsibility? Taking a step back, yeah. do you feel every tradesperson should be licensed? Because the problem you've got with a lot of these sites, you can have someone that puts the beans in a baked bean tin in a factory, next day is a bricklayer, goes on one of these sites promoting his company, and he could suddenly end up with a 50 grand extension. He's never seen a you know a trail in his life. So would that help if we were licensed? And if so, how the hell do we do it? Um, well, obviously the FMB you mentioned earlier are push the uh, license to build program that's something they want to get in play. I think, from my view, I think people should be proven to be competent in the job they're doing. So if all you're doing is, is very low-level manual stuff, that's all you need to prove your competence for. If you put everyone to the same level, you're going to push loads of people out of the industry. Plus, you then need to, as an industry, and, and I'm not talking about the companies themselves, as, as associations, you need to help people on a journey through their career. Because I think a lot of people enter our you know, sectors such as ours, which is glazing, not just doing it for a job. They don't know where they can go, what they can do, uh, and no one is really painting a very clear picture to them that says, well, this is what I can come. Because I know Daniel has a lovely car that, uh, according to my wife, is a lot nicer than mine, So, um, which he's obviously seen online. But uh, so obviously he's managed to pick himself through a journey but a lot of people don't see it. They, they fall into the industry and then suddenly they're told, oh, you've got to comply with this and you've got to comply with that. And what they don't know is why. What does it mean to me if I do this? How, do, how does that improve my life? And then as a business owner, what does it mean to my business? Do I get more work? Uh, do I end up in more problems? Those that seem to step around the regulation seem to get away with a lot. And and all this is, is requiring of the bodies themselves to get together and actually raise the level collectively. So I suppose going right back to your beginning thing, a collective forum that actually where we, we, we have very clear goals of, of improving standards. There, there's so many government programs out there, such as Raising the Bar, et cetera, which are designed to do this, but people don't know enough about them. And what does it mean to the people on the ground? Oh, we've never heard of them. And this is, this goes back. We need better communication from government. This is Talking Trade Live with On The Tools. We're talking about uh, trade bodies, good, bad, ugly. Are they worth the money? Please send comments in. Um, just like Ian Spro, uh, welcome back in, a uh, regular viewer. He says, um, Daniel, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I'm struggling with the governing body we use at the moment. Seems they don't do enough to help the tradesmen registered. I personally feel we're not only a tradesman, we're a customer, and when being tested, we need guidance not to be judged for not knowing the regs inside out, which none of us do because they change every two minutes. Uh, some of the inspectors really need a drop kick down to earth instead of being power mad. I'm with him 
I'm completely with him. I'm completely with him. Um, our experiences that mention uh, NIC, I haven't actually had a bad experience with them. What I will say about that company is they, um, they regularly audit us and they have come out and there are jobs which we've done and they've had a look and they've been like, well, we don't like this and we don't like that. And they've actually given us a chance to rectify it. I think that everybody should, given a, should be given a chance to rectify Because if you did your 17th edition or whenever you did, you could have done that how many years ago. Yeah. On site, building regs are completely changing. Um, I think it's really unfair not to give someone a chance to rectify their work unless cool. there's something yeah. drastically wrong with it. And if there was something drastically wrong with it, you probably wouldn't have been a member anyway. But yeah, I completely agree with him. You, you, you definitely need to be able to rectify your work to come up to current standards, which are going to keep changing. John, do you think this is coming from the top um, as in government? We sort of briefly touched upon this before we came on air. Uh, our delightful housing minister, uh, we won't mention the... Uh, the case he's got against him at the moment. But, you know, he, he was educated at Cambridge, uh, studying history. He's now housing minister. What chance have we got? Um, as in, well, min ministers, uh, obviously I can't answer on behalf of ministers. What I will say is in, in housing, as in the MHCLG, which is the Ministry Housing Community Local Government, there is a raft of civil servants who actually really do know their stuff. As in, I... You know, historically, I, I've said a few things that aren't necessarily positive enough. But during the COVID, uh, these guys have worked weekends. They work very late nights, probably like a construction person, really. <laughs> but but, but that, they put it, really put in the hours. Um, and and so I think we are actually definitely moving in the right direction. It might not be quick enough. And 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 I think one of the things that we have struggled on is actually communicating to the industry at large, which is massive, as we know, um, six billion pounds, um, on what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because it's not just what we're doing, as in the, the comment earlier is, uh, it, it's about compliance, really, was the issue, wasn't it? Why, why, have, why have you failed me and what, what are you expecting to me? And I suppose the other question is, why didn't you tell me that this was coming and it had changed before you actually then inspected me and told me I was wrong? And, and our comms needs a lot of work. And that is on the trade bodies. Government can only say, here's, here's the rule sets. They have a lot of policy advisors. The trade bodies need to take that and translate it and make it real. Um, and Sorry, John, John, yeah. John, you touched on something there. You said you said uh, policy advisors. Yeah. So people advising on policies to do with the construction industry. But who who is advising them? Is it people within the construction industry? How, are they being advised by boots on the ground? Do they know? Is it people who have been on sites at different levels? You know, you can. We've got laborers. Uh, we've got skilled carpenters. We've got project managers. We've got architects. We've got structural engineers. For the construction industry is a huge part of of the British economy. It's yeah. huge. And are we? I, I feel if they're putting together policies on what we should be doing, which are meant to help us we should have we should be able to put forward ideas to help because you know you can't just create a policy and go bang there you go like that policy is for you it, it wouldn't work in any under any other industry so it's not going to work in our industry yeah as in the policy advisors do come from industry but obviously that you can never have they won't have the entire collective knowledge it's up to them to go and find it as in uh what you know i i, I do give some advice on stuff 
um, and I could as chair of the Confident Person Forum. If you go into roofing, um, I know a bit about it, but if I really want to know what I'm talking about, to be honest, I'll probably go to the NFRC and, and, and ask them and their technical team, which is very, very good, and say, look, what does this mean? And then trans translate it back and say, that's that's the view from roofing. Um, the John, let me just ask you, that team you speak to, are they hmm. tradespeople or yep. suits? No, the tradespeople. As in your final. I think a comment, sorry, it's shot off the bottom. Um, let me go back and find it. Um, someone was saying about um, Neil Allen uh, need top builders to be a minister. They know their game. And this is something we've said before. Oh, yeah. I yeah. honestly think we need more skilled tradespeople. It doesn't matter what your trade is, but people that actually come across problems in old houses, in new builds, underground, whatever we're doing, that government can actually talk to. Because at the moment, there seems to be a big gap between mm -hmm. trade bodies and government mm -hmm. and the rest of us, which is obviously a huge... Uh, I, I, Andy, I, I would say, um, we touched on this briefly earlier, I, I would say we need to create some sort of uh, committee to represent the construction industry formed of people at different levels within construction people who were possibly just the same as in you have a minister for your area, people within the trade who were possibly elected through various uh, registered bodies, but people to represent our interests, I think, and to have people at all different levels, you know, as you say, someone from a labor background, someone at the top of the food chain, someone in the middle to talk through, to, to relay the experiences and what works and what doesn't work in construction because construction Construction has a different meaning for everybody in the industry. And John, you can't keep everyone happy. But John, yeah. do you think if if I'm I'm 100% with Daniel on this, and I've been bleating on about it to all sorts of people for years, I'd, if it's going to happen, let's see. But let's say a task force is set up, let's say a dozen members, and we we pull in everybody from someone that's run a huge firm building new houses down to a, a trainee bricklayer. Uh, down to a 40-year experience spark, down to an architect. So we've got, a, as Daniel says, somebody from each sector that, mm -hmm. that make up construction because that group, to me, is invaluable because you've got boots on the ground, you've got people dealing with planning authorities, you've got, obviously, the trade bodies involvement with the sparks and everything else. To me, you can't pay for that. And if you had a dozen, 15, you don't want too many because – Obviously, the cost of tea and biscuits for our meetings would go through the roof. But, you know, if we if we had about 12 people of all those areas, to me, government need to listen to them. Because yeah. all this, all this flannel we're getting at the moment, there was something this morning that um, the housing minister um, came out with saying, we're putting this money in. It means more work for brickies, labourers and builders. What an stupid comment. So does that mean... That possibly some roofers or scaffolders or decorators are going to think, well, that doesn't mean me. Yeah, you know, it's got to be, and I've said this before, putting it across in our language. We don't speak like suits in government, and we don't understand that way. So, back to this sort of very long question: if we got together these twelve people, surely that going to government and advising would sort this mess out. It's it would be lovely. It did, as in I think a lot of, as in I can speak about my own association, CERTAS, we, we have that sort of structure where we, we talk to the local installers, we have some nationals, and we started talking to the supply chain too. And off that comes our policy and our view. 
Um, I think it would be too arrogant of us to believe we know better than the people who actually do the jobs. And so you need to collate that and put that through, and that's the view of local glaziers. I think a number of other trade associations, certainly the certification bodies, do have that. But then often when they collate together, what impacts one industry in one way, the others think, oh, no, I want that. You take the Green Homes Grant, as in I'd love it if they, they said that um, it can all go into replacing old double glazing. I'd, I'd, I'd love the use of that money. But I think governments took the view that actually if you dealt with the insulation, you're going to have more impact on the climate change targets. So, so because we, they weren't speaking uh, to the right people. This, if this task force was speaking to government, you, you would have had input through this task force yeah. to say exactly that. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've taken a bit of time off recently and sort of gone to the Cotswolds and down on the coast in Sussex. I was in a restaurant last night that was built in 1142. It is literally wow. 45 degrees. There's rot everywhere in all the timbers. And you look at it and think, this is brilliant. And that needs care. This is history. I mean, that's a lot of years old, nine, 800, 900. And yeah. you think this is part of our you know, architectural history. This is brilliant. And tourists from all over the world come and see this. So, mm -hmm. but if you ask government to go and write a paper on looking after old buildings, they wouldn't have a clue. So I'm I'm really strong. And, and Daniel mm -hmm. as well, by the sounds of it, Daniel, if we get this task force together and sit ourselves under government that then talk to all the different trade bodies, don't you think that's the way forward? I, com I completely think that's the way forward. I completely, and that that is, is that not part of us being in a, democracy as well as is it not you know especially if those people were elected and when they're making policies you know like you mentioned something earlier you mentioned a policy about uh the, what did you call it the green green homes grant the, the green homes grant or when um boris says that he's going to kick start the economy and he's going to put money in like um okay we're going to put money in we're all going to be busy but where's that money going uh, yeah. what's it doing how are we kick starting the economy what does um what does uh, a laborer or a carpenter how is it kickstarting for him is are, are these it would be easy, not easier but it would be more helpful if these were, things were dissected into yeah. different languages that people could sit down and have a look and say oh, okay well i could do this or i could do that and you know just to give us some guidance on these policies as opposed to um, a speech that says we're going to kickstart the econ economy and you go to work the next day and you don't actually nothing's really changed nothing ever really changes for you when when your boots on the ground nothing actually really changes well also daniel you remember when this initial billions was going to be launched into constructions to kickstart the economy again a few weeks ago we had a massive material shortage so what are we going to build yeah. houses out of you know we're going to be using you know lego or or shoe boxes because you know there was the plaster shortage which hopefully is is coming back back to better but there's mm -hmm. talk of sheet materials ply osb and everything coming over obviously from our friends in china there's going to be a shortage on that dulux ran out of tins for put their painting according to a couple of decorators i know so they this is back to what we were saying if this task force was here they could come to us and say right we've got x billion to restart the economy how are we going to do it but more importantly how are we going to communicate it to all the workers? Because one man bands and, and you know, companies with 10, 20, not big companies, but micro and SMEs, if we understood it better, we could then look forward. And do you feel that, John, that there is a big gulf in not the communication as such, but the way it's put across? Because, you know, Daniel and I having a pint in the pub are going to be talking very different to 
you know, the housing minister and minister of society. So that what they say to us could be done in Greek or Latin. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I, I think it, it's difficult to do a collective thing across all of construction. Um, I think you have to allow for sector differences, as in, uh, I think you mentioned gas safe earlier. Obviously, the gas industry is a qualified industry. The glazing industry is not, neither is the roofing industry, as in we're more uh, qualified by experience. So then you have to prove competence. So if you make a rule that says goes into that territory of how do you determine someone's competent, you have to allow for the two different ways of doing things. I think you also have to allow for the fact that people learn differently. Um, electricians generally uh, tend to be better at, say, calculations uh, than other industries. And, and you have to, and, and then they attract a certain type of person, don't they? As in, uh, I often think those that work in the fabric side are, are tougher, <laughs> you know, are, are more hardened uh, than those that work in, inside the house. Um, and so all these things play. And I, I think the hardest thing you can ever do is say, I, I know everything because you're so biased by where you stand. You don't think you are, but, but you are. Uh, and, 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 and so that is your view. And then you, you confirm it and then someone else says, oh, I sort of agree with you. And then you say, oh, definitely. Uh, confirmation bias plays then. So we've got to allow for that. And I think the way is the sectors themselves need to work with who is in their sector and then the sectors need to get together and collaborate. And, and instead of just saying, we are glazing and all we care about is the glazers, we should actually care about the plumbers, we should care about the roofers. But this goes back to the, this task force idea. Yeah. If we yeah. had someone yeah. like yourself representing the glazing industry, yeah. um, I appreciate we probably couldn't have every single trade because we'd end up with, with possibly too many, but, but we could cover all the different sectors, you say, construction is massive. We, you know, we, labor, we could cover the main areas. We could cover. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, we, I we think, could have, we, sorry, Daniel, go on. Sorry, and we, we could have, uh, we could have some, uh, uh, somebody representing demolition. We could have someone from groundworks. We could have someone from um, new builds. We could have someone, tw 12, is a, 12 is a good number, to, uh, a which could represent the entire industry. I see you laughing there, John. <laughs> no, 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 it's just because uh, government do have these sort of forums already in play, but they... The I, size don't even, I don't know about them. Do you, Daniel? No, but the size I, of them... I, I don't know, no. As in how many what, home building, there's 300,000 new homes built every year. Well, that's the target. You have obviously the NHBC, the, whose warranty covers 70%, but they're not the only ones. You have those that do self-build. So that in itself is a when you start adding up all those involved, the Red Rose of this world, the Taylor Wimpies, that, that's a big collection of people. And then you'll have the same again in housing association work. Uh, there's about six million um, properties in that territory. Then you've got the RMI sector, another 29 million. And, it, and, the, and actually the complexities of each environment is different. What you do on a commercial site is very different to what you do in that. Yeah. But I think uh, we're, we're talking about a big industry. Was it nine, ten percent of GDP construction here? Um, would possibly what we're looking at, rather than just having a dozen on this main task force, is perhaps having a, a smaller one underneath with everyone represented. So let's say that it is another dozen or twenty, and that then feeds into this task force. Because back to the communication, what you just commented on, John, these different bodies from government, I've never heard of them. I don't know where they are, what they do, yeah. who's do you can we be involved and this is back to the communication point 
This is 2020. Well, it, Surely, uh, if we could have some sort of app or website every builder has on their phone, so you get there at half seven in the morning, flip the kettle on, cup of tea, fag, whatever they're doing, and have a quick look, then we're going to be more up to speed. Because at the moment, communication, I think, is letting us down from government. Obviously, if you use it through an app, I'll have to get my 13-year-old daughter to show me how to do it. Um, but I, I think if you, if you take, say, for instance, um, in the uh, the home environment, as in there's competent person schemes, you've listed a few there. They, do, they register 3.7 million jobs a year to building control on behalf of their members. There's 19 of them. They do meet together in the competent person forum. Um, and their job is then to... It, work with government and MHCLG on the building regs and how it's interpreted down to their members and how you ensure people are compliant. That is in play, um, but that's just one area. And, and I think this is the, the, what you're saying would be wonderful if it worked. And, and, and if, you, if you ever set up something like that, I'm all for it and, and getting involved. But the, I think the, the differences it makes it so difficult and you've actually then have to break it down don't you you then go sector by sector and suddenly you've got this massive hierarchy structure for a flow of information that needs to flow really quickly um, when something changes how do you get it all through and discussed and then all the way back to government you say by the way what you've just done doesn't quite work over here but does work there well uh, jenny jenny ann hill has um put two comments and both of them well, they follow on really well from each other. She said, I've worked a lot with civil servants and while they're good people, which we've, we've not debated at all, often the decisions, decision makers are actually so far removed from the day-to-day -day running, the decisions rarely work in practice. And she follows it up with, you need representatives at the table of any decision making who understand the industry firsthand. This is back to what we were yeah. saying, Daniel. They may be great people, they may yeah. be very intelligent and have fancy yeah. degrees from nice universities, but we need more people on the ground influencing and saying, do you realise that all this homegrown timber from Scotland is fast grown? It's not seasons, it's drying out. It's like bananas. 70% comes off a lorry, gets sent back. That is causing me a delay. Yeah. Chippies are in, obviously getting knock-on effect and the whole job slows up. This is the reality, not, you know, what digestive are we having with our tea? Okay. I, I don't really. No. You don't? Why not? No. I, sh I should disagree with you. No, no. Do you agree? No, I do agree. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can't say any, any you know, we, we, we're here and we want it to work and we want it to work better than it does today. Where do you think, John, do you, do you think something, I mean, what I'm trying to think, let's, you know, let's say, I'm just very hypothetically, let's say, I mean, On The Tools has got over 4 million followers. You know, it's, it's a huge, huge, um, you know, media following. And it's great because it's, it's about construction, which is what we all do and love. Let's say on the tools, this is very hypothetical, set up a task force brought in by experts. So, you know, us three, we could speak to government ministers, we can speak to NIC. So we got together a force. John, where would you see that sitting to start with? Not to end up, but initially for advice from Daniel, what he does, from me with what I do, feeding in day-to-day -day realities, which is what Jenny Ann Hill said. Where could we start off and sit to get that information to the right people, as you say, as soon as possible? Um, I, I would say it would naturally sit with, you need to pick some associations in there that will carry your message. Uh, government has made it very clear. Well, sorry, I think they've made it clear. You'll probably say you haven't heard it um, because I sit at a slightly different 
relationship to them that they are very interested in what goes on on the ground with SMEs and micro businesses. They, they, they are the heart of industry and the construction industry. And often I think they feel that they are divorced from what's really going on and it's all done for the big players. Um, so I don't think you'll get a no. I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll get more of, okay, what do you want us to do with it? Because they, they want, they, they don't want moans, they want practical ideas. And yeah, we, we, we could, we, we could, we, we could outline current issues, like Andy yeah. said, material shortages. This is the problem. We can't get, um, we can't get hold of any timber. This is the problem. Here's the solution. Is there, can you put money into this? Can we do it? Can, you know, so if we could outline immediate problems, because a problem we're having with materials here is going to take a long time for that. It, it'll actually, it will never get to the top. And if we're, you can put all the money in into construction you like. If we don't have the materials to build, yeah. we can't do anything. Well, the other thing, Daniel, is what happens if you haven't got the apprentices coming through? I mean, that's a whole subject for another day. But, yeah. you know, these these things that Daniel and me are seeing, John, if yeah. we could have this task force to say, right, today, yeah. this is the issue we've got. Yeah. Not, not leaving it six months to be heard because the following week it's, it's old news. As, as Daniel knows, it could be, you know, it could be landfill charges are gone through the roof. The so skips are going to go up loads. No more fly tipping. And oh, don't, even, don't even say that, mate. Please. Stay. I know, I know, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> you're talking about a form of association as in one of the, the things, that, you know, there's 3,000 trade associations in the UK, uh, which is a huge number. Um, and but the the primary body for them is the Trade Association Forum, which is sponsored by Bays, which is government department. I look at putting something together and talking to them about flowing information directly into Bays. Um, I can tell you they'd probably be interested in having that conversation. Well, unfortunately, a uh, little message from um, producer George. We have run out of time. I knew this would fly by. Um, apologies to all the comments that you sent in that we couldn't read out. I think this is one of those that probably could have gone on for about another hour or so, and we wouldn't have even touched upon it. The great thing is everyone's in the same boat, looking at comments, speaking to you, uh, Daniel and John. You know, I, I, we all believe that this needs to change for the better. Um, just finally, to wrap up, uh, Daniel. Where would you like to see this heading if you were Mr. Housing Minister? What would you do tomorrow? If I was Mr. Housing Minister? What would, what's the first well, thing you would do to get this mess sorted? The first thing I would do is begin to try and consult with people. If I was the Housing Minister, I'd try to consult and find out what is actually going on outside of my window. I'd open the curtains and I'd have a look outside and I'd try to find out what is going on so I could adapt accordingly and try to do something to actually really kickstart it. Not say I want to do it, act something which will actually work and put something into place. Yeah, totally with you, General. John, yours will be obviously from a slightly different viewpoint, but um, if you were elevated up to the echelons of housing minister, um, Daniel's point I'm 100% with. I'd be interested to hear what you'd do. Um, I, I, I'd actually try and uh, progress further than what they are trying to say. Is in with a lot of what government has said is they're saying it's up to industry to solve it and then industry isn't quite hearing it because i don't think the associations currently are doing a good enough job as in they they want industry and collective bodies to come forward and make it very simple to them is this equals that and at the moment there's a little too much conflict a little too much self-interest and commercial aspects are getting in the way and 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 i think 
that's the thing. You've got to enable industry and then listen to the answer. I think it's fair to say they they have said to industry, you need to do it. Has industry responded properly enough? Probably not. Certainly not collectively enough. Well, maybe it's time for change. Daniel and John, thanks ever so much for joining me. It's, uh, what is it now? It's just gone thanks one. Uh, the sun is shining. So um, I'm going to go and join all the brickies down the pub and see you next week. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.